Hi, I'm Bryce. And I'm Jimmy. We are telecom and creative professionals. We're also fans of podcasting as our respective careers give us an abundance of windshield time. While there is a podcast for just about any obscure topic you can think of, there was no regular podcast pertaining to Montana politics. That is why with our combined powers, we are Montana Voices Podcast. We strive to be an independent voice for all issues pertaining to Montanans and Montana politics. We also strive to be very forthcoming with our personal biases as we attempt to see beyond them. Montana Voices Podcast does not operate in a vacuum. We need your support. Whether that be listening to our cast, providing us feedback, sending us conversation topics, sharing our content, or providing financial support. We look forward to a long career in podcasting with your added assistance. So welcome to Montana Voices Podcast. We're into season two. New legislature, new us. And we are joined, Grace, with the presence of uh, Mana Online again. Did I say your name right? Because it changes sometimes. Yeah, the co-host formerly known as Mana Online is... Really cruddy joke. It's ten. It's ten o'clock at night. I've been swimming. I'm somewhat alert and cogent with it, so my jokes are probably going to fall flat. Uh, we're just gonna. Well, but, we're a very serious yep. podcast anyway. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. So my name is Chris. Uh, I'm I am the person behind the online channel, online Twitch channel, Mena Online. Uh, you can follow me on social media there at or on Twitter primarily at Mana Online underscore or twitch.tv slash Mana Online. And you had a busy online presence recently. Weren't you running some sort of charity run or something? Or Yeah, I did a uh, – what I did uh, – let's see here. We're recording on the 3rd. So on Released the on the 4th. 20th, so tomorrow. Yeah. yeah, okay. So releases on the 4th. Why does it say – wait a minute. It says it releases on the – oh, God. Microsoft calendars suck. They, re- they just completely made me think that March or that March fourth was Sunday, but no, that's April fourth. God, it, I am I'm totally lost track. Well, of the time. back end that we're running here, the the thing that really does the business, all open source, as in free as in oh, freedom. Free, free, freedom source is what it is. It's not open source; it's freedom source. So yeah, on uh, February twenty seventh, I did a charity event for a local family here in Great Falls that lost our house in a house fire. Um, I did I did a four and a half hour performance on a rhythm on a rhythm VR game called Beat Saber, which, uh, again, it's described primarily as a rhythm game. But essentially, it's uh, you take your it's all done in VR. You wave your controllers to slat to take little laser swords and slash blocks to the beat and time of music. And I did that for four and a half hours straight to raise three hundred and thirty three bucks. Well, for this family. Well, that's a good thing for the, uh, the I, I guess there's been a number of fires in, in Great Falls, Pacific. Four or five fires. This, if we, if we count like the winter season from like September of, uh, 2020 all the way through to like, uh, the end of February, probably, I would, I would wager or spitball there's been at least four or five fires, including one, one lady that apparently decided to, uh, literally gta a house did you or did you hear about that one i did not know so uh, i i can't remember which particular house fire this was but apparently one lady decided to get back at her ex by making a molotov cocktail and throwing it in the house huh I, i've never tried the cocktails uh but it's good to know that they're effective <laughs> <laughs> yeah dark humor time right we could say it was super effective okay well, i mean the whole it's house after 10 so this is perfect. after hours the fcc there's different requirements so just <laughs> <laughs> you know crazy lady used molotov cocktail it's super effective it uh to- it yeah but that wasn't that 
I wasn't uh, performing it for the benefit of that particular family. Um, it was a different group, or it was a different family that we yeah. knew through uh, Pokemon, through the Pokemon Go community around here. Uh, Pokemon is so, still a thing. It is a thing, but to say that it's changed would be to underscore how the whole quote-unquote new normal has changed a lot of things. Um, a lot of us in the community really miss, genuinely miss the social aspect as much as there are some people that play the game that were just like, ew, creepy. Well, you're going to find yeah, that in a lot of ways, gaming community, I think. Uh, you're going to find that in any community. That's not, I think that's missing in a lot of, or I think that context is missing in a lot of social settings or when people say, oh my God, these guys are just playing a mobile game online. And I just look at them and I, and I would like in many ways to just look at them and say, when was the last time you were actually with your, your church group in a social setting or anywhere else? And you just looked at that one parishioner who always came, came to the church, but sat in the back you know, were they were they scribbling out their manifesto or were they just balancing their checkbook? I, I'm just really curious. Have you talked to that person to find out? That's a, a good question. They're, they're working on the cocktail formula, I think. So <laughs> <laughs> maybe it was a test run. Who knows? I, I mean, it was I'd say it was already kind of on the ropes because a lot of you still have a lot of that whole shy people kind of getting together thing. Oh, like, oh, my gosh, we're we're all these we're all these gaming people. And uh now that there's this whole notion of, well, you got to stay socially distant and you got to wear masks and you got to do this and you got to do that. And it just has killed a lot of the social aspect and even the desire of a lot of people to even to just gather in a social in a social environment like that. Oh, times are changing as we but let's go ahead and mm-hmm. jump right into a quick a brief nod to our old stuff. This is stuff from last season. So we stuff about pipelines. Um how we missed the train and having legitimate naming sounding names like the Montana Gazette, which is a right wing rag. And then, and uh, yeah, un- ragged on opinion. Wait, basis how do for- we, wait, how do we miss, how do we miss that? You, are you complaining that somebody didn't like trademark that name before? Oh no. Somebody has the Montana Gazette name and there's a few, uh, this yeah. is on the notes for the last one that was with me and Bryce, I believe. So I think you're missing out yeah. on the content there, but Pro- yeah, probably no, there's a number of, Online news source, I say news sources, but they're really opinion rags. Like the Montana Gazette is really far right winging. I think the uh, liberals generally have a somewhat satirical name. Like there's that uh, cowgirl one of a couple years back, who, who I think work, were working for Schweitzer. Different episode entirely, though. Uh, ECD beat off, I think, is what it's called over in your neck of the woods. <laughs> Hey, don't put that on me, man. Don't put that on me. Well, there's a number. Anybody can register a domain name. Um, for example, uh, we discussed how somebody registered Antifa.com and it forwards to the, the White House now. forwards to Joe Biden. <laughs> yeah, to the White House. We uh, talked about how to properly insert opinion into news. Uh, I think we had an example of that and how that was done well. Um, vaccines for educators were pushed back at that time because in our age, you can't avoid the vaccine and virus talk. So... Although we try to be a relief from that, I think you'll get things are progressing so fast with the virus and vaccine and, and those type of news. Anything regarding that will be extremely dated. If you don't listen to this on the first day, whatever we're saying will be inaccurate. So we it'll be it'll be inaccurate by the time this airs. Yeah, exactly. So we'll we'll try to you, you have yeah. freedom yeah. from the virus. You can get your virus. I, news I, from I really source. yeah. So, I reprieve. And I think you make a good. I think you make a good point there in that. In that, despite that happened the last four or five months, it it's incredible to see that that the whole notion of of COVID and the the vaccine and new normal and everything like that is still a massive weight on everybody's lives and social groups. Because we talked earlier about how how the social aspect in the, the local Pokemon Go community here is crushed and it's and it has a lot to do with that 
it really still does. Everything has changed online, even for something like Pokemon, because that's still small groups of people. So you're under well, the, yeah. what was it, six people you couldn't have together or 10 or whatever the number yeah, was. But first. I mean, I, I personally helped organize events that had like 50, that had like 50, 60 people there. In attendance? That's a... Uh... Oh, yeah, yeah. It's just such a bizarre concept. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that we're talking like 2018, man. We're we're talking. I want to say it was like summer 2018, 2019. At least Walmart no, yeah. feels normal. You walk in, and that's somehow we consider this safe. Um, and there's you know 200 people there that don't look like they've bathed in a month. So it's <laughs> Walmart feels normal. Uh, church Walmart. still does not, but we go to a small church. There's only about 30 people in attendance anyway in this big building. So and space yeah. is socially distanced within. And we weren't even doing that per the Missoula guidelines until very recently when we were allowed to. So let's yeah. uh, get right into our new stuff. And we got big zingers here. The sure. most important issue of the day, the biggest threat to our freedoms, that's bikes. <laughs> I thought you said we were skipping the whole freaking bikes thing. Uh, well, the next thing is you sanctuary st- cities, st- so we'll just we'll primer into it. Okay, now that's fire. Fine, fine. We'll do bikes. Let's do it. Let's go. All right. Uh, this guy from middle of nowhere is very concerned about how bikes conduct themselves on the roadway, so he's making a regulation or is trying to make laws about that. And it is in the second committee, and it's likely going to get a floor vote. Um, it specifies you have to wear some reflective gear on your back, and you have to be as far over to the right as you can. But also, in the part of the thing I do like is that it, you get six feet, I think. Uh, we got to get that six feet of separation, I guess, um, even if it's <laughs> bikes and cars. Which is important. There's some bills going through that I'm going to say are looking for a problem. Because even with bicyclists on the road, bicyclists road death, I mean, people that ride on the interstate and on, on main thoroughways are, you'd think to, I do that as well. So I understand the risk that I'm sort of putting my life, you know, at other people's whims. But you essentially do that anytime you get in a car or walk out right. the street. Um, the risk is feels greater because people are driving by you at 80 miles an hour. So I'm certainly cognizant of that, but I'm, I don't think we should I, be having a regulation I, on I, this. State your point here. I, I have a pretty strong opinion about this here. About bikes? Yeah. Now, you're well, not about, a cyclist. About, so. this th- about this thing. I, I don't cycle as much as I used to, but uh, go, growing up in the Scout, or especially when I was in active in uh, the Boy Scouts, um, I was we regularly did stuff like this on the highways. And it... it I can actually sympathize with what the, with what this guy's asking here. According to the, like the second paragraph in the article that you linked on the doc here, it says here, quote, if House Bill 184 passes in its current form, cyclists in Montana would be required to wear high visibility clothing on highways and use front and rear lights 24 hours a day. The bill would also instruct cyclists to ride on the shoulder or far right of far right side of the right hand lane under most circumstances and require motorists to give cyclists a minimum of three feet distance when passing Three feet. That's not, um, my bars are more than three feet wide. I, I actually agree with this, uh, just based on reaction times and with the way that I don't know if this would be considered overboard driving. If we're talking about cyclists on like the plains in the Eastern part of the state, but I could easily see this, but potentially uh, at least making drivers aware that there's a cyclist on the road going up in the west in the western half of the state, maybe up in the mountains and such. Well, I think um, compliance on this is uh, already itself self complied with. You rarely see a biker without reflective gear. In fact, you're right. Most yeah, you're right. Gear... I mean, most of them, or I've not seen a cyclist on a highway 
in like the last five years. I'll, I'll be honest with it. But then again, you know, I. Well, maybe you're part of the problem because they're out there. <laughs> you can't see them. They're out there. <laughs> they well, certainly I, I, are. Like but said, it's self-compliant. But, I've got a few worries about this bill. One, the uh, the wording that requires you to wear this and also ride as far right as reasonable. The right is a terrible place to ride, by the way. There's a bunch of gravel there. There's usually garbage on the ground. They still have the sand and salt out. And there is a reason why. I'm, That's where the whole reasonable comes into play, though. What's reasonable? So if I get hit as a cyclist and driver or police feel that I could have been reasonably further right, it then becomes my fault being the cyclist who was struck from behind. Or if we find my I, um, reflective gear was a few centimeters short. It, I think you're getting a little I think you're getting a little too technical there. I am, but I, did, 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 do, right. do they did, does the bill actually specify the size of this reflective gear? It does. Where in where square does it, okay, inches. Cool. Yeah, 200 square inches of high visibility material. High visibility material also not defined. Does it just need to be orange? It, is it not I, I yeah, I can't. I can't say that for sure. I, I mean, are you complaining that they didn't define that? Are, are you? Are you really thinking I've got that all sorts of that, that um, highway the highway patrol is going to say that your lime green was not was not high reflective? Because as as far as I know, they don't specify like what what your high reflective stuff needs to be for hunting. Uh, no, they, they do. do they, blaze orange. Blaze orange, orange is defined. Okay. All right. Well, blaze orange is defined there. So, okay, we could argue that it hasn't defined a particular color, a particular shade of orange or or green, in this case there. But I think I think that's a ped- very pedantic argument. Uh, the I think the idea behind this is that Bill is is that it it does or it puts a little bit of the responsibility for their own for a cyclist's own safety on them in a in a li- in a legal liable sense here because it. I, I I don't think this is a huge problem. You're right. I don't hear a whole lot about cyclist deaths, but I don't. Rare but the concern that I, I don't think this is a thing where we needs to be a where it needs to be a rampant problem where motorists are literally getting or where cyclists are getting run down in the trucks before before an action needs to be taken. And the, and this seems to me like a reasonable thing. This is they're not requiring the guy to say, for example, to carry liability insurance or anything like that. They're saying you have to, you have to have your lights on 24 hours a day, which again, if you're already cycling, that you should already have this on your, on your bike. Anyways, Uh, you were very rarely see one without this equipment and all bicyclists of the spandex or whatever is already comes in that color. It's designed for that. So I guess my, my concern is, although this, (laughs) This makes perfect sense, and I support the logic here of requiring visibility being as far to the right, but I, maybe I don't always agree with that. There's a sect of bicyclists that believe you should be as far to the left as you can be because it forces okay. cars to take the other lane to go around you, forces them to wait, You're not take wrong. the other lane, go completely around. So, But my concern is Representative Denley Lodge, um, that's House District 14, he's out of St. Regis, he's act- looking maybe at the guy, he's not a cyclist. So I'm concerned this is coming from not within the cycling community to increase safety for cyclists. It's coming from outside the cycling community who want to disparage cyclists, it feels like. I do see, like right here, just breezing through the article here, I see where Scott Kearns uh, makes the same point that you're making here. The shoulders and oftentimes in Montana are full of rocks and terribleness, and I don't want to pop a tire when I'm 100 miles away from home. I think that I think that is a very reasonable a thing that needs to be addressed before before this gets fully passed. Well, road cleaning crews uh, can only do so much. It's it's going to be nasty you're, on the side. Well, and yeah, it, the road cleaning crews can only do so much 
there's so much state in Montana. Let's just put it that way. Right. Right. Full time. Fourth largest state, fourth largest state in the union. I would actually like to know how many, how are, how many miles of highway we have compared to most of the other states that I bet we're really up there. I I don't know the numbers off the top of my head. Yeah. uh, It makes sense, but just where it's coming from, I guess, is my only concern with it. Yeah. It's likely going to pass. It looks like it has Democrat support. And so that will be the, the new normal, as we call it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the bill sponsor, Dan- yeah, you're right. You're, dude, I am so tired. <laughs> uh, of course, I'm right. I read it um, off the sheet. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, I, dude, I've got a bottle. I've got a liter of water over here, man, and I'm just down in this. Not thing a liter of crazy. cola. No, dude, no, no. Get me, no, no. I can't. I almost wretch at the idea of putting downing a liter of any kind of soda in my body anymore. No poison um, sugar water for you at this hour. So no, one monster rehab in the morning is honestly all that I need. Oh, it's really gross. That's <laughs> it, not the not the regular monster. The rehab. It's like the tea version. Tea. It, you, it's... Yeah, actually, dude. Next time that you go to a gas station, just take like just take a can of monster. And take a can of Monster Rehab. There's, it, it's going to be a very small section of them because there's not a lot of different flavors for it. But um, just compare them there, and you'll just you're going to be absolutely shocked at just how little extra crap there is in that thing. But no, no bowl excrement. Not that I saw. Not that I saw in there. Well, it's a different product um, entirely then than but, Monster. But I yeah, Monster and, and no, cream. it didn't give me wings either. So I, oh, I think geez. I'm pretty safe so far. <laughs> Circling back like the like the wheels on a bike. Uh, it's, it's here. Nice Logue said it's, is, uh, not necessarily very popular with the bicycling community, but it is popular with the traveling public in cars and trucks. And I, I think that that is a, I, I agree with that sentiment because a cyclist typically is going to have a lot more reaction time, um, than, than the driver of a vehicle just because of the speed and all, everything else that a driver has to keep track of. That is absolutely true. But in St. Regis, this is not a problem <laughs> there's just that one main road dude, there dude, dude somebody dude somebody from like missoula or billings or something like that went over to the saint regis dude and said hey you want an easy you want an easy layup so we to help you with re-election it's like yeah well then, then they toss them they toss them this bill it says here here's a bill that will make that's gonna that's gonna require that cyclists on the highway wear reflective stuff and he's like cool Cool. I'll, I'll write it down. <laughs> Anywho, let's uh for brevity. Um, let's go ahead and move on to the uh, next one that we will not be having any sanctuary cities in Montana. There's a uh, legislation okay. running through that uh, specifically doesn't ban them, but limits states, municipal, or uh, counties and cities from being designated sanctuary cities if they still want to get a uh, fine. They will get fined, and also they'll miss out on state grants if they. Mm. Uh, set up a policy of locking law enforcement from detaining unlocking immigrants sought by federal immigration authorities is the language. The way that's worded, and I definitely have a problem with this. Here's something else we can argue about. Um, This is in search of a problem that we do not have in Montana because there is not a single sanctuary city in Montana. No, there's not. um, Likely will not be. more of an idea of kind of like heading off that notion is the way I read it. I, I agree with you. I don't think that this should be a high priority because even as, as liberal as as like Missoula County is right now, they're not even talking about this as far as I'm concerned or as far as I know. Well, cause there's so, no reason to talk. Well, let's take a moment to explain why the idea of sanctuary cities, I think is ridiculous anyway. All right. Well, we'll spell out exactly what a sanctuary city is simply put a sanctuary city. Um, 
in the Constitution, it is specifically stated that local governments and state governments are cannot be compelled to enforce federal law. And of course, immigration and illegal immigration being federal. So it's not that when you think of a sanctuary city, you think of illegals going around murdering and raping and everything and being able to get away with it because the police can't do a single thing about it, which is absolutely not the truth. If you commit a crime and is an illegal immigrant, which I would argue that most of them specifically avoid because they're illegal immigrants, that it means they will not detain you on a federal retainer. They can still prosecute you for any crimes you commit or anything else. And if they choose to, even if they pick you up for you know something as simple as a traffic violation, they can choose if they want to hold you for the feds. And I think it's about 48 hours is the hold. So if the federal, mm -hmm. but if you're found violating federal laws and say you're an illegal or there's a warrant for you out mm -hmm. from the federal government, they have to hold you for 48 hours. But if you're a sanctuary city, you say, we're not doing that. We don't agree with this law, not necessarily across the board. It's sort of a decide on a case-by-case -case basis. If a guy's, uh, you're pretty sure he's a rapist and also a legal immigrant, once again, very rare. Well, not to get too far out of the woods. You can say, well, we want to hold you on the federal, so we will hold you to get you out of here to be somebody else's problem. But it's mm -hmm. not compulsory. So that's what they mean by sanctuary cities. A sanctuary city that they call sanctuary city will not compulsively hold somebody who's violating or wanted on federal law for illegal immigration, specifically. That's not an issue in Montana, first of all. we uh, Billings handled all the Mexicans. They're no longer there. I don't know where they went, but they really cracked down. Maybe thanks, Trump, I guess. But the lower south side of Billings is no longer the uh, epicenter of culture that it was. Really? I didn't know that that was a thing. Oh, yeah. They had uh, Cinco de Mayo parades with lowriders and everything. Dude, they had culture? Why didn't somebody tell me? <laughs> Billings had culture. Surprise, I could have been enriched. You, you could have. <laughs> I could have been. Somebody could have told me about this. Oh, would have been great. Lower Southside Billings used to be my favorite spot. I lived in Billings and Laurel for a number of years. But, huh. Right down from the power plant. That that explains several. Th that explains why you enriched me all the time that we when we were working together. Exactly, and got a many haircuts. <laughs> a couple things on this one is that when I was doing my own kind of research on this whole topic, because like what you pointed out there was made when I really started thinking about it, I was like, wait a minute. So why do we need? Why? Why does the government need a detainer order for an illegal immigrant if they've already been busted doing it? You know breaking the law locally they, well they don't you're still liable for all those it's going to scoop them up they're going to they're it our criminal justice system isn't a thing where that just says oh well are you a citizen or not no okay well then we gotta let you go that's so, not so you're telling me it works. all i have to do is not be a citizen maybe be sovereign and i'm free from prosecution from any law you know, like, I've got a couple of YouTube channels you should probably watch. I'm sure you're going to get a kick uh, out of I'll them. I'll do my own research. I just, because, because the sovereign citizens usually get dunked pretty hard. but <laughs> Every single um, time. <laughs> every single time. But, I mean, hey, maybe you'll find the one the one, the one one thing that they, want, that they don't want you to know about, that law enforcement doesn't want you to know about. What I've found is, is that a lot of times these detainers are coming down because – to know how this works, you got to understand how they got typically how this whole situation started in the first place, which was that the illegal immigrant crossed the border, was arrested by ICE, and because of our pol because of national policy, 
although we arrested them at the border and we said that you have a court date on this date, we essentially released them essentially on their own recognizance with a essentially a by this or in court by this date. And guess what? Almost never happens. Well, of course. I mean, if they it's almost an never option show up. to never come back. Yeah. I mean, they they disappear. I mean, but I mean, they're released into the United States. So what do they do? They disappear. They never they almost never show up for their court hearing. So the I don't know what to the me stats that, are on that, but I'll I'll, I'll just well, roll with it. So, yeah, I mean, to, to me, that to me, if we're if if an ICE detainer comes down for an individual uh, who who has skipped that, who has skipped that hearing, that I mean, to me, that's that that should be if this is going to be our policy, then we have to if this is going to be our policy as a nation that we that we have to enforcement enforce it. If we're not gonna, then to me from my political position, why are we releasing them into the country? Well, that is an issue. Well, why are we not take up turn- with the federal government, not Montana? Yeah. But it, it, the argument on the right is, is that the actions of the federal government are directly having an impact on the state level by creating a situation where they, where it makes them, where it makes it almost impossible for them to man to deal with the effects with the direct effects of of the national of the of said national policy because like right now Texas is already seeing a massive surge of of illegal immigration well, again. Texas, which is on the border, we're with right. almost as far as you can get, not counting Alaska. So this isn't. Right. I'm more concerned about Canadians, and I've always said we're building yeah, the it, wall on the wrong border. Ooh, man, oh, with some of the some of the stories I've been hearing coming out of Canada, oh Alberta, might not stand. be an issue. This um, might no, actually, more in Quebec uh, is is really? the big is the big issue right now. I, maybe I'll I'll send you a couple of videos on it there, but to look up the what's happened in their COVID hotels and their COVID quarantine policies. There. Uh, is it's, this is this like the uh, nursing homes? No, um, it has more to do with essentially the government deter it saying that once you fly into our country, if you test positive for COVID, we are going to whisk you off to an unknown facility. You cannot tell your family where you're going. You are not allowed to have contact with them until you are for until you quarantine for like two weeks there at this facility. And huh. it's getting bad. That yeah, like I said, I'll send you, I'll send you a few bad. bits. On. I mean, it might make some sense to, uh, to do that, but the restriction on communication is concerning. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Not. Not even it, the one case. The one case in particular that I was that I was reading up on these. It the 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 wife was was detained by Canada by Canadian officials, and her Am husband was not detained? allowed to know where she was going. You. Yeah. Yeah. You. She was detained. Different <laughs> We're talking about detainment Canada, here, but yeah. Um. Okay. But to but. Again, we talked. We said we were going to stay local here in Montana. Now, I agree with you, uh, even on the political side on this one. I'm not sure why this is this is something that we need to do. This 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 bill, maybe maybe yeah, it's considering maybe it's the... something that needs to be done. But I don't think this just seems more like oorah oorah. Look at what we're doing. We did it, boys. You know, for how short the legislative session is here, it's we've got 90 days for our legislative session. Then yeah, they're, they're off. Um, until yeah, and I'm like, I'm like, and this and is there's, this truly initial? I've, is this truly an issue? I don't know the numbers, but the majority of bills don't get heard. So um, I'm uh, considering that that there's more bills that they never even get to simply because they run out of time. Should this be a concern? Something that I think is not a concern in Montana, 
But mm-hmm. hey, let's move on to rape since we were talking about that. Now this. F- oh God, you had to. You, you're just gonna come right out and say it, aren't you? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Because uh, rape, there was a bill going through that rape would be no longer the uh, sole reason for abortion uh, if it was not accompanied by some medical or or other issue. Now this failed on procedural issues. So that Good. is gone, but I think quickly I want to mention who was behind it. And the answer is, what's her name? Jane Gillette? Is that the name? Yeah, Jane yeah, Gillette from right just south of Bozeman. Great place, I hear. Okay, just- this, the, uh, I've actually got an interesting story on this one. Well, maybe it might not be interesting, but it, um, okay, let me clarify this. I actually had this debate with somebody. He, he was, or this other individual was arguing essentially the position of this bill that it, it doesn't matter if, uh, if the, if a woman is raped, you can't abort specifically for that. Like I said, I lean more on the right, but I don't feel, you know, just having, having seen, seen what I've seen in my life. I don't think that this is fair. A child is going to be brought into this world where the, where they are going to need massive support from a state that's not from a state or a government that's not willing to provide it to emotionally care for that mother who has to essentially relive that incident every day of this child's life and potentially see, see their attacker in that child and, and somehow raise this, raise this child to be a functioning member of this society. I don't see that that is now, like if the mother chooses not to, okay, fine. Good on, I, I say good luck on her. I hope she's got a really good and strong support network to help her get through this here. But to it, say that to say that we're going to take away that option entirely off the table, I think that's I th- this is wrong. This is more to me. This is morally wrong. And that is why I wanted to bring it up with a name and a face of a woman from South of Bozeman from House District 64 because we are in agreement on this. This is wrong. Um, not only that, the uh, bill had a lot of text in it about parenting plans and such. And sure. without being, oh yeah, uh, let, let, let's yeah, let's have a parenting plan with our attacker. No, get rid of this thing. This is a dumpster fire. This is an embarrassment. Absolutely, and it might be back if they have their way because it failed on procedure, um, terminology. I'm not sure what procedure exactly. I I looked it up, and then I'm no lawyer, so. Oh, we were going to complain about the E-City, uh, that rag over there for a while. I, I don't know. We could skip that if we want. We were time, you know, always. Uh, we kind of got, yes. both me and Bryce, when we started this podcast, lived in Great Falls. And so we we started off on a lot of Great Falls news because that's what we knew and where we were from. But right. obviously I'm not there anymore. So we expanded out to all of Montana. And But still, I think we lean a little too heavily on them. But I do enjoy really complain. This is just becoming a list of things I have to complain about. So uh, why not? Uh, E-City hey, Beat. And- let's do it. I mean, man, people make money about complaining things all the time on the internet, dude. Why not? I'm ready to get into this grift. All right. Well, let's get into this grift. Uh, it, was, it was about the Heritage Foundation, which has uh, failed, um, which I'm, I was co- very concerned about. And also... Not sure if I should believe the people that were against it because they, the, the E-City Beat people were against it. And specifically, that's uh, Philip Fastienda, who is an architect, who uses this platform to complain when he doesn't get city contracts. And it's Rick Tryon. Um, yeah, if it says ECB staff on it, it's really this Rick guy. I, I believe. believe I believe. Because um, Rick also is quick to publish E-City Beat art staff. Staff. A blog yeah, has a staff. Yeah. How convenient. Yeah, yeah. I, I'll, just like anonymous sourcing. 
So we discussed the uh, Big Sky or the Heritage Foundation that failed, which would require an act of the federal Congress to actually make it a thing. And I think they were looking to designate it like a crap ton of acreage around Great Falls and I think north of Great Falls up towards Fort Benton and beyond as a heritage area. Um, which, But I couldn't find any, even from the group, any clear definition of what that would mean exactly. Um, yeah, and does that make it make it exempt from development or what? Well, yeah, these are the questions I didn't get answered, and I don't know. We could probably be journalists and interview the people. Uh, uh, Jane Weber, I think, was chair on that. She used to be the uh, head of the election committee in Great Falls. I mean, we could ask the questions of the people, but as a layperson, I can't figure out what they're trying to do exactly and what this foundation does does it prevent development there does it restrict uh natural resource extraction does it uh who knows we were getting back to complain about one person who does write for ecdb at an occasion she was usually complains about that the uh, heritage foundation and also somebody else on the commission uh tracy hauk is the uh mm-hmm. one of four commissioners county commissioners over there oh, yeah, they've been dogging on her for a long time oh that's... Do- dogging yeah they've been absolutely absolutely chomping at the bit but yet uh rick tryon was chomping on that bit and yet he didn't have the balls to run up against her in election he tried that before and lost um because he was making fun of the homeless outside of the library took a picture of him to complain about it and i was complaining about crime but this next time that he decided to run he actually won election he did not <laughs> he chose to run in the off years so he wasn't running against Hauk. so this next election season i think uh it's mm-hmm. June is the dead, filing deadline for you guys over there, for the county commissioners. I think it's Mary, Mo, and Hauk that are up for re-election. I right. So I don't recall. So they complained a lot about this one specific person who was a political opponent at one time of Rick Tryon. Convenient. And they've toned it down a little bit. So Jenny Dodd also writes to complain about her. Now, who is she? I've never heard of her before. Her uh, Facebook doesn't even have her picture. Only creeps do that, by the way. In my opinion. <laughs> Wait, is yours an avatar? What is your Facebook picture? <laughs> oh, I just did some stupid Photoshop of, of of things way back in the day. But it is actually my face on there. So by the E-City Beats description of Jenny, um, she is a creative, multifaceted, multi-talented knowledge junkie. And she uses her skills in business and artistic endeavors. Uh, and it goes on for another whole other sentence without telling you a single thing. But the only thing I can tell you is that her and Rick Tryon do, like, glorified karaoke over at uh, the, was it the Mighty Mo? Isn't that where he usually plays? I don't know. But good on them. Good on them. Yeah. So there's a close association of them working together. And yet they're displaying her as an impartial somebody who, uh, another concerned citizen with a grip with Tracy Houck. What are the odds? Mm. What are the odds, man? Anyway, the odds? grifting again. God, I love I love a good grift. Let's go on. All right. Well, we uh we missed that train. We could have been um well we I, I maybe we didn't. Montana Voices podcast not associated with Montana Voices or Montana Voice. This guy somebody made a Montana Voice single podcast and claims to be the the voice, but and he claims we've been doing it for fourteen years, but. When before we register our domain or did anything, we looked this up long oh and uh, found no evidence oh. of that. We're being grifted now. 
No, no, we're being ripped off. No, a grift is is where we is where we promise a bunch of things. There, we open up like a GoFundMe or something like that, a Patreon, and then we just be like, yeah, it's yeah, the con, all this extra stuff that we're prom- promising, yeah, it's coming. Oh, it's coming. absolutely. Well, I promise you yeah, the best cool. unbiased political content coming up. So <laughs> stay tuned for that. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. well, we're being ripped off, but we're kind of a rip off ourselves. So I don't know if we should really complain. Not really. We're not promising more than we're delivering. Well, yeah, what you see is what you get. We try to be. uh, Yeah, exactly. It's like the crap. It's like the crummiest grift in the world of grifting. What is our. um, I forget our verbiage on the intro where we recognize our biases and try to see beyond them or some colorful language, I think. I, I recognize my biases. I fully accept my biases. I just try to listen to other people's perspective on it because I'm not, especially as I've been getting older, I'm like, meh, it, it, is it really worth a lot of this fighting? Well, There's so much more to do in life. Like complain about taxes or who is and isn't paying taxes, which is not the tribe. The uh, tribes, as an independent mm-hmm. sovereign nation, do not pay the tribes themselves, um, depending on the exact tribal um agreement with the federal government the the members of the tribe may or may not pay federal taxes it varies greatly this is a complex issue at some point i need an expert on this and there might be one on the yeah i was talking i'm kind of reading this i i'm reading this bill or i'm reading this article that you sent and i'm like so are they saying that the tribe itself doesn't pay federal taxes or are they talking about the or are they talking about the individuals here in the the tribe itself, reside on like the not country. the individuals because they have no authority to handle that was settled during treaty a you know, hundred years ago the uh, this one is specifically aimed at because it's coming out of Polson of course it's coming out of Polson we've covered the Polson issue before how there is a group of people who are actively seeking not white people in like Polson in that area uh, who are actively seeking to undermine tribe in fact they are ballsy enough to have a billboard advertising their book entitled American Tribal Tyranny. And some subtitle, I forget. You need to send me this. I just, I want a good laugh. I want to, I just want to see a picture well, of it. So, so I can the laugh. The billboard or the book? That's a real book. You can buy it on Amazon. Both. Both. You, maybe. you shouldn't. Send me but... a link. To, send me, okay. Send me a link to the book just so I can mock it. And then a picture just so I could laugh at it. I, I didn't, so, I didn't get a picture the, of the billboard, but it's are, there. They're, these people are so important with them. Okay. So, so this, so they're, what are they saying here? That basically that they need to be paying federal tax? Uh, yes, that's what they're trying to say. <laughs> and we've talked about that sect before, that book. I haven't read the book. By the way, um, I don't want to buy the book because I don't want this author to get any money. So if anybody has a, uh, a PDF or uh, any uh, EPUB copy of the book, I, I do want to know what's in it. But that's, <laughs> I don't want to pay for it. Um, not because I'm yeah, against paying no, for no, books. I'm not. No, I'm I just not just that this. you pay for the book. I'm just like, I'm just like, I just want to see like a, a screenshot of like the Amazon listing or something like that. Just to be like, wow. I feel like in a lot. So like, I I think the big the big thrust of their argument here is is that the county, the the local counties and stuff like that are losing out a lot in potential revenue. Uh, uh, just if, a, if, we're, if we're looking at this j- just from a j- just from a j- just from a strict what I would call a strict scrutiny perspective, at least in my own head, I'm like, okay, I could see, I could see an argument being made for that because they are there. But again, what counters that in my mind is that there, like you just said, there's already a longstanding treaty that basically essentially, or that makes these, that makes these tribal lands sovereign nation. Well, it makes them, it's, it's weird. It makes them sovereign, but also makes them 
federal land. And of course, the mm-hmm. federal government is not paying property tax to Lake County or wherever. No, they're not. So, I mean, I think you're right. It would almost be like it, there would almost have this would almost have to be taken up at the federal level where where the federal government would have to be would have to reimburse the state government for you know the equivalent of whatever the property tax value or something like that of that whole area would be if we're going to if we're going to be going to it but i mean the tribe the tribes have it in essentially in their treaty they they are how can you tax another essentially what what amounts to in this context another nation and say you must pay you must pay to the local government which by here. the way taxation that's theft yeah uh, <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> you you did. But um, to get into the specifics here, this was proposed by Greg Hertz, a Republican from Polson, because of course it's from Polson, deals with a temporary property exact exemption on tribal-owned property. It's a five-year exemption. So when they want to put, when the tribe wants to put land into federal trust, they get a tax exemption for five years while it goes through that process. Once it becomes mm-hmm. a federal trust, then they, I, I don't think they pay taxes after that. Um, I'm so this is talking about only taxation for pieces of land that the tribe has reclaimed. So this gets into a, a weird issue. And we've talked about this before with that Ruth Bader Ginsburg case and that tribe in New York. Quick refresher, tribe in New York lost a lot of their land from the uh, after the Dawes Act. Basically, they had a uh, reservation set aside. The government decided they could use the land better because, one, most of the Indians died at that point. Turns out they were a lot more mm-hmm. cleaner than the Europeans. So when they came over with all the drugs... Um, before a single shot was fired, like 90% of the natives died. Anyway, story for another day. Mm-hmm. So they right. got a reservation, and there's not enough tribal members to use all the land on the reservation. And they're, of course, um, there's a number of other factors against them, them as well. But the government came in and said, you're not making good use of the land. We will do it for you. So after the Dawes Act was passed, they did basically purposefully did checkerboard ownership of land. So one might see that intent was to make sure that it wasn't a continuous tract of Indian land on the reservation. Like both your neighbors on both sides are not tribal lands, but yours is. Yeah. So later, this tribe in New York um, gets some money together, and they are trying to buy back the lands that were allotted to them in treaty, but stolen from them by the federal government afterwards. And there was an issue of taxation, because after they did that, the counties and cities they were in say you should be paying property taxes to us. Makes sense to us. The last people that owned it that were, um, essentially. And so uh, yeah. Ruth Bader Ginsburg had the, the uh, tie-breaking vote to decide that that was reopening the wounds of long ago and that they should pay property taxes. So it's along some of those same lines. But I don't know. I, I, look, at, I look at this one and I'm like, this is so... We're taking all the complica- all the complexities and hard to understand things that is our relationship with the tribes and putting tax law into it. So I'm not necessarily authority on it. I've read the bill, but it's on a bill 138, which uh, a lot of it goes over my head exactly. So, yeah, I see. I see what they're talking about here. They're even in this article. They're talking about the Dawes Act, uh, or as otherwise it was, it was generally known as the General Allotment Act of 1887. Committee took no action on the bill. Do you know if it's still, or this is from February 2nd. Do you know if they, if it's gone anywhere? Well, if they took no action, they chose not to modify it. So that is, last I checked, still a potential and st- could, still could get a floor vote. I know we're getting to a lot of complexities here. 
So yeah, okay. Can you boil it down for me here? What's the intent behind this here? That basically they're gonna they're gonna say after the five years, nope, you got to pay the, because the federal government hasn't acted on this that it, we we get to collect back taxes on this thing. Uh, exactly. Well, it doesn't want a um, five year waiting period at all. They should be paying taxes the entire time, is what they argue. Uh, no, I'm no. The government won't like from a, again from a strict perspective. I see the argument that they're trying to make. Considering that we're talking about the tribes here and that we're talking about and we're talking about things like the Dawes Act and such like that, it's designed yet yet again to put one more one more piece of burden on the uh, on the tribal government that just says, uh, you know, where where it seems to create an advantage for the state that the longer that the government takes to sort this all out, the more money they collect. Yep, exactly. And so there's incentive it's, that it's, way, especially especially when when the outcome essentially seems to be it's this is going to become tribal land. I mean, this is going to go through because there there is a quote in here um, where essentially, uh, but essentially it was saying that the, that the IRS is never aware or or that the relevant government agency here was never aware of a single one of these parcels of lands being held in trust ever being denied. Essentially you know, return to tribal status. Exactly. Because they're good in their filings and it's uh, all checked out. So yeah, I am going to flat out call it an anti-Indian bill. We still have those. Have agree. It's 2021. It, we still got those. I, based on, based on the way that this is, that this, that this bill is, is designed. I, I, I agree. It, it seems to put an onerous, it seems to put too, it seems to put a massive burden on the tribes for no good reason. We're, this is the exact reason why we and Bryce started this podcast. We could argue all day about minutiae and things, and often have, and have gotten... I mean, me and you have argued, and we've been pissed at each other because you were completely wrong. But here never we are. Never happened, but go on. <laughs> here, never, here we are. We're discussing Pacific issues, boiling it down, discovering that between uh, yourself and, and me, who I, I think are in very opposite ends of a spectrum here, are agreeing about key issues here. And yeah, that's what that's the main point of this podcast is uh, not to be divisive, but to find out that love your neighbor. We're uh, there's more common ground than you think. You mentioned that there's only 90 days in the legislature, right? Yes. So how how much time do these got does each do each of our representatives and senators have to actually present a bill? How many you know, how many bills are they able to present? Not, I honestly don't know that question. Um. The list is short. When you look through each senator and uh, and uh, representative, it's usually under ten about the bills that they were able to put forth, including ones right. that they co-sponsored. We'll get to wasting time. Let's get right into trans excitement. We're bringing it back. It failed oh, a couple weeks ago, and Representative uh, John Fuller from Kalispell, he's bringing it back. He uh, is very concerned about trans youth, and. The sports bill, this was a, a couple weeks ago that both of these failed, and we, of course, discussed those then. But mm -hmm. a bill that prevents uh, any sort of gender therapy or gender reassignment, and you could understand that to mean also gender, like, emotional therapy for somebody with gender dystopia. I, th I think that's mm -hmm. the right term, or dis... Yeah, dysmorphia, or dysphoria, sorry. Yeah, dysphoria, excuse me. Um, to prevent any treatment of that uh, until they were over 18. So that failed well, as well. I think this is one of those things where this is kind of becoming a national thing because, well, the was national it? thing well, they decided that that's all right. Well, it, it is at it is at a national thing, but because but it's but I think they're trying to get ahead of this right now because 
at a national level, they're tra- they are trying to pass a bill right now that federally requires that states do this, that that states well, allow that, that states allow this there, and they're trying to put um, it under Title I, IX, I think, which is uh, yes, yeah, yep. which would they're, have that same effect. But so that one I, didn't I, go I, through. I, to me, this is an exception to that because they're trying to they're trying to get ahead they're trying to get ahead of that right now. So just to just kind of bring people up to speed here, this article that you sent me here says House Bill 427 is an echo of the unsuccessful House Bill 113, a more wide-ranging attempt to block minors from receiving medications and therapies for gender dysphoria, which narrowly failed to pass the House in late January. That bill would have prevented physicians from providing puberty blockers or hormone treatments as well as surgery to people under 18 after they have been diagnosed with gender dysphoria. I'll be honest, I've got very strong feelings about this. I We're talking about allowing... kids under 18 who are going through the uh Uh, i think you call it puberty right it is puberty yes but it is the most it is probably the most formative period of their lives physically speaking so like we're talking about muscle growth bone density growth uh brain development all those sorts of things this whole notion of doing doing surgeries hormone treatments blocking puberty is such a drastic act that if we're talking about this from a scientific pers- perspective here, the science that's quote unquote settled on this has not truly followed people who you know, po- followed people for the long term. I'm talking 10, 20 years. And in fact, the one of the one of the first people in Britain to get this surgery, to get to have this happen to them. Had I known that you wanted to bring this up, I honestly would have came a lot more prepared for this. Well, it's on the list. Uh, so it, it, Well, OK. Okay, you did give me the list earlier, but I hadn't looked at it because I didn't realize that you were literally going to throw. You're going to literally put a Molotov cocktail in the list. Had I known, had I known that, I would have grabbed a fire hose. If you know what I'm saying. We talked about this Um, before I pressed record. Yeah, I wanted to start with it. You said to ease five freaking minutes. Five freaking minutes, Chris. Go. How much time do you need? Okay. Um. But the 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 crux of what I was getting at is is that the. That the case, that there is a that essentially there's a counter movement being in Britain right now, led by one of the by one of the I believe it was a female who went who transitioned to male, and has had and has had a host of physical maladies or abnormalities, and now is ba- completely basically sterile, um, is suffering from massive osteoporosis. Well, I'd be surprised and if she think- wasn't sterile actually. In- just well, okay, well but I mean that, that that's the point that the point that she was making is is that at, when she made this or when he made this decision back then that he was not you know he he couldn't you know he was he was a minor at the time mental pro you know there's a reason why we don't let people do a lot of this stuff until they're eight, till they're 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 the age of the majority if they have at least had a period of time where their brain is where, where uh, portions of their logic and reasoning centers of their brain have had time to develop. And we're talking about giving we're talking about giving people who who do, who don't even have the right to drink, don't even have the right to vote, don't even have the right to have firearms, don't pay taxes, all this kind of stuff and learn about, you know, what adults do. And we're saying, oh, we're going to be able to allow you to block puberty, among other things. Well, there's and I, I, I think I think I understand I, I think the there, that, I, that I is something where we really ought to be like, whoa, hold on. You're right. That's this my is, opinion. This is an important time. And I understand the concern that this could um, be misapplied. Say there was a minor who was um, confused. Kids kids do that. 
I understand the concern it, it, about that, and that is a life changing event if they they do go through with that. So it, it, I, it, yeah, I understand it, it's, where a, it's, it's a permanently life altering event. Um, I know I always make the argument: how often is this really a thing in Montana? And it, and it could be. So I understand, but I'm also going to point out that this applies to well a few points. This applies to every minor. Say your child is born with both parts, which does happen. Rare, under 1%, but that does happen. This bill would prevent any surgery modifying that. Currently, as it stands, you don't know any... What do you, what's the term? Hermaphrodite, I think? Yeah, hermaphrodism. Yes. Um, this bill would prevent any modification of that, as it stands, because that okay. is a gender reassignment, gender modification, and that is standard practice today. If you're born with both parts, they decide which parts you have more of, I guess. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. Yeah, yeah there, was an, there was an episode of House on that, yeah. Oh, where they covered that. Such a long yeah, time. it was it, it was actually an interesting way to look at it. I mean, obviously, House was a you know, House MD was a drama about it, but I mean, it was just more the idea of oh, yeah, I could actually see that this could happen in real life. It's interesting. Yeah, and it it does um, happen in real life all the time. You hear that there's two genders, but then this thing that happens that somebody has both parts happens some of the time, which seems to suggest that uh, there's some sort of I wouldn't say fluid, but there's. There's more nuance in everything. Anybody that deals, only a Sith deals in absolutes, Chris. So, oh my God. This would prevent that, which would have huge social effects later, uh, obviously, as they're going through puberty and don't know where they belong, which would be a legitimate concern. And also, we're not talking about some kid deciding one day that he's, or we'll, we'll use an example of he, just that he is a girl and wants to be a girl. We're talking about somebody who has been diagnosed with genital dysphoria, who has gotten therapy for it. So this is a long psychosis and a long therapy on that subject. And then them deciding that something went wrong and you actually are female. So let's make your body match who you really are, basically. Uh, This rarely happens. I understand where that's coming from, but I also understand why people are very upset about the suggestion of getting into this. I sort of also want to keep the government out of this. I I don't always trust doctors. Certainly there could be some bad ones. But uh, I think maybe this is a decision for the medical community. That's sort of my uh, argument on abortion as well, that this is a, to a point, I'll say that, to a, a point in time progression, I'll say, is a decision between a mother or not mother and her care provider. So, we're not agreeing on everything. Yeah, but I, I mean, if, if they want, if they want to, if they want to carve out an exception for hermaphrod, if it needs to be re- revised to include uh, things like hermaphrodism and such like that, I I, I can understand that. I, that I be, I do agree that there should be exceptions for 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 bona fide conditions like that here. But I mean, so you can treat them the, up to one year, so you can handle hermaphrodites, um, but not yeah. not until they're eighteen. After that, there's a seventeen year gap. And, and again, it, it's be, this. And again, I know that I'm gonna. I would likely take a lot of flack for this because you know, oh my gosh, Chris, you know, Chris is anti-trans. No, I'm not. I, I deal with trans people all the time, and I I always it's look okay. at I and have I, trans I, friends. Yeah, I That's do. Yes, of course. I I have the card. I have the card. I have stamps on it here to prove it. To prove it there. But I, I think what I think what I'm thinking of as a parent is. I think the concern is is that we're starting to see that that there seems to be this social trend within social media spaces where many where where we are seeing this massive push to buy social media through social media influencers, social media companies, 
blasting this idea that you're tra- that you're that you're trans and maybe you didn't experience this when you were growing up there but many kids do or, and there have there have been long studies that have shown this where kids as they go as they go through preteens teenage years they tend to actually get gender dysphoria that it, that actually resolves itself by 18 19 years old and and the idea is is that well we're gonna we're what a lot of parents are afraid of is is that is, is that a kid who starts going through this through this phase which may be perfectly normal which may actually end with them agreeing that their that their birth gender is their is their you know perceived gender let's let's use that term and all it needs is time you know time for it to for time for the kid for the child to grow to physically mature let that brain develop and let na- essentially nature take its course and then and then at 18 19 20 if they if they choose to do this then they can choose to do it you are but i feel like, i feel like that 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 we're that we're that there is a massive push to start getting kids when they're younger, when they're 16, 15, 14, to say, oh, well, I'm trans, I need to identify as trans, and I need to start planning for my hormone therapy. Well, it's and I th- it's I, not like going I, to Walmart I, I, and buying a Funko Pop no. or whatever. Do they you are you are correct. You are it's correct. That's not but again process but, over but years. you're not you are not looking but again but again, Jimmy, that's not what I'm saying is happening here. And I, I feel like maybe having experience in the in the content creation community i'm seeing this i'm seeing that there's this massive push where kids are where kids are consuming entertainment from streamers video um video producers music entertainment and they're and they're seeing this massive push and it, it it's i don't have a problem with them saying oh well okay there's these out here that's fine well you have but, to understand where that push is coming from because before I mean, we'll call it the dark ages or whatever. It was the same thing with uh, homosexuality. I mean, mm-hmm. not too long ago, Wyoming literally murdered homosexuals and left them out in fields. Are, is that is that what's being proposed here? Are, are well, we proposing well, the, to the do that? The point I'm making people? is it has been so restrictive on on things like homosexuality, on you know gender change, on being a trans person, that it has been so restrictive and so stigmatized previously. That now we, I think we're probably getting an overexposure for what that is because the uh, I think the what? number a number of people that are actually trans and actually change genders I think is very small. So we are getting overexposed because okay. we because we need to be overexposed. It's sort of like if, if Black Lives Matter. We're going to get to that again. Uh, once again, you got really quiet when I mentioned my Black not, Lives sticker. Not to, not not to, not tonight. Right. Not I'm just tonight. saying it's an issue that we've let go for a long time that we have not addressed that it's been stigmatized that has been an issue and we're just hearing more about it right now because it's it's time in the spotlight. Okay. I again, I as I pointed out, I do not have a problem with it with it having time in the spotlight. What I'm talking about is social and societal pressure being put on young minds that haven't learned how to push back on this kind of stuff yet and and be essentially having having peer pressure, societal pressure put on them to identify as trans and go through potentially life altering you know, life-altering right. treatments. I absolutely get how that may not want. You get that, and understand there is an exposure, and maybe even you might even call it encouragement for that. Um, I saw the same yes. thing growing up as far as being gay. It was the the cool thing. 
Um, yeah. At, at that time, maybe we had a very progressive community in Laurel. I, I but, mean, like I said, like I said, to me, to here's here's how this is how this is my own personal opinion okay if 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 a child at 14 is female biologically female wants to wants to become male i say okay i understand that but i still but i would not allow that surgery that surgery and the i mean i i guess maybe this maybe this is the quote the quote unquote bigoted part of me there but like to me i would i i i don't see why okay so like part of the part of the thing that they want to do is they want to put them on puberty blockers hormone blockers and everything like that which is ultimately going to affect not only the body but the developing mind the 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 brain of that person that 14 year old person is going to be affected by the puberty blockers okay and by the t- and we're not even getting to the point of the surgery here Ideal scenario would be like, okay, if you want to go, if you want to undergo this, then you, then your first treatment starts when you're 18, when you are legal, when you're a legal adult and you are able to make these decisions because at that, that is also the age that we allow you to enlist in the military and do, and and do a number of these other life altering decisions. Because the, to me, if you start and the the science is actually clear on this one, you start interrupting hormone, you know, hormone levels and all that stuff yeah, with, with developing, with agree. developing teenagers and puberty, you, that person is for life. You, and, and, and that, and, right and that's there. what I'm concerned about. I understand where the concern is coming from. I understand why they might suggest that in this bill. Um, yeah. I mean, I, certainly there I is. I mean, other than that, if there's other than that, if, to if, do the if a guy wants to, if, yeah, if room- a biological male wants to wants to become a woman, by all means, I I don't care. Do you do you boo? It 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 literally bothers me none. I'll I'll if my daughter sees you, okay, cool. I'll explain what's going on. That that doesn't bother me. I, my my whole concern, just like 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 I pointed out to you before, is societal pressure to you know, on these kids, on these developing minds who already on these children who already have a hard time saying no. And oh, that peer pressure. It, it, Just say no. Thank you, Nancy Reagan. Well, you know, I mean, we'll get yes, to drugs course, in a second. Yes. Thank you. All based Nancy Reagan. But I mean, it, but we're talking I mean, we're not talking about marijuana here. We're talking about we're, we're talking about blocking hor- you know, stuff that your body physically needs to develop. And I think to myself, what is the long term consequences of this? What are we create? Are, are we not it, it just again, strict scrutiny of this? Are we are we are we creating a cl- a class of people who are going to need extra care, extra therapy, extra medication, extra support from governments, medical systems throughout the remainder of their entire life because the because of these changes? Well, you're talking about is as if it was a mistake, and that I could see that. Okay, uh, that's unlikely. Somebody would falsely somebody who actually didn't have gender dysphoria actually went completely through this very long and painful and difficult process that mm-hmm. it could happen um and apparently has happened once in britain from what you tell me i, I didn't know about this occurrence. yeah so it's it's there you point out the uh, effects of that and we'll just uh maybe agree to disagree i'll make uh i guess one more point and we'll move on to what do we got weed and then okay. we're gonna make fun of rosendale for a while so yeah of course we'll, we'll skip oh i was making fun of politicians yeah <laughs> of course but um actually We'll uh we'll bag it. Uh, I've made my piece. Looks like we're we're not agreeing on this, but we'll tie right in the weed. This is a uh, was it Mary Galloway Sheldon from uh, 
House District, whatever. That's uh, Jasmine Taylor, who we had in the podcast last year. Fortunately, did not win election. Which article was this? Is this where you're at on the dock? Uh, weed. We're on weed. Okay. Would limit... Well, there's a few bills on weed going through. There's one. I haven't checked the progress of it, if it even got out of committee, to delay the approval process or the implementation of recreational weed sales in Montana for another year. So I think as it stands mm-hmm. right now, they have until, is it July, to figure it out, how to implement or how to regulate? Basically. Oh, there was like two different portions of it, I want to say. it Essentially, when it as of January 1, it was not illegal to possess it. As I understand it, but I but there's think, still no mechanism for r- retail sales yet. Yeah, I think that I think that's the I think that's the June or July one that you're talking about here. Yeah, so that one they may try to push out for another year. The which is weird. A few anti weed bills have gone through as if these Republican legislatures because it's always coming from Republicans. Democrats appear to be on the side of weed. That's Democrats smoke a lot of weed. I is- I continue to be frustrated by. The, the by the Republicans seeming to as am I do they not I, realize I, that these this, the same people that overwhelmingly voted this, them in the this, office this also battle, voted for weed. This battle is uh, I'm sorry guys, this battle is lost. I say the battle is lost because I mean let's put it this way: it, it's trending. This is it, it's gonna happen. It's I mean it eventually here marijuana is gonna fall off schedule one. I imagine in our lifetimes, Biden it, hasn't worked it's on the, it. But it's, I, an, I, it's, an, it's an it's an inevitability. Well, they're now they're, these aren't bills to remove weed entirely because that was voted on on the ballot, which was approved, just like these Republican legislators were. Same yeah. same people voted for both, apparently, overwhelmingly. Mm-hmm. And they seem to forget that. But uh, uh, Sheldon Galloway from uh, just north of, or actually, excuse me, west of Great Falls towards Missoula, that, that region, is now putting forth a bill which may get a floor vote. She wants to limit the number of dispensaries in Montana to 100. And if we do it the Montana way, um, we'll make sure that all 100 of those stores are owned out of state by some conglomerate. It's it's the Montana way, Chris. Yeah, of course it is. It's just it's almost exactly like how how our liquor licenses around the state just keep winding up in the winding up being owned by the same by the same parent companies, just under different different names here yeah weird and, weird how it's a lottery system is suggested um but when questioned about the bill because people are like well, what the hell shelton galloway do you not know anything about weed and 100 is one is actually i don't know if there would be a hundred there might not even be a hundred um medical marijuana places as there is right now so it, i'm not sure no, about it. yeah and not only that i think if i remember right this bill doesn't even make a distinction between them between recreational and medical. No, it doesn't. And when questioned, she was not able to tell the difference. Oh, I don't know anything about weed. Uh, well, then yeah. maybe you shouldn't be uh, having legislation drafted addressing the subject of weed if you don't really know about it. Yeah. I would suggest. Now, so. Wasn't the point Wasn't the point made that like GM Forte's budget bill kind of relied on uh, on recreational sales to stay balanced? Which, by the way, right. taxation being theft, I'm going to continue to buy my weed from the guy behind M&H. <laughs> I'm okay. sticking on that, even okay. though the prices aren't We are aren't not great. having that discussion well, right now. There are people in prison right now My for marijuana. God. Why would I pay them taxes God. on weed? Although the prices... I know, I know bucks, somebody in particular, I know that's well, somebody in particular who would just beat you up behind that M&H. And just let you let you keep let you keep your bag of pencil shavings. That's that's the ch- <laughs> that's the risk you take, but it's worth it for the price of freedom because. 
We are. Uh, you are born. That's a free. risky take for you. The thrill of light of rolling up and lighting your your uh, paper fill of uh, of pencil shavings and oregano, right? <laughs> yes. But you are born free, and I've made this argument before on the cast, and everybody always I disagrees. I was born with me. free. Born. I. I. But I'm a free man. Free bird, sovereign, if you will. But the government doesn't have the right. To, I have. Weed is a different thing. Smoke weed all you want. I, I don't care. It's not my thing. Yeah. Do your thing. Heroin, other stuff. You absolutely shouldn't smoke heroin, but I don't have the right to tell you not to smoke heroin. I don't need the Montana nor federal government to tell me if I can or cannot smoke weed. That is my own private decision that affects nobody but me and my responsibilities. So I I just don't like being told that I can't do something, even after they tell me I can do it. Now I just I, I'm not asking them for anything. Guy behind M and H is where you it's want at. an interesting sidebar? You want an interesting sidebar to that? Yeah. I was I was reading today on uh, Twitter that uh, one or that apparently one Chinese official made it clear to the to a U.S. official that China right now sees the United States as going through their own cultural revolution, at, at a la like what happened in China during during uh, their during their communist revolution because it was just as much of a cultural revolution as it as it was a political one. Ah, the commies. So. But... Yeah, but we, I mean, it, it's it's actually if it, if you look at if you look at like the argument regarding weed and everything like that in that light that like the culture of the United States is actually it has it's been slowly change it's been slowly inching towards towards where it's at now, but now it seems like the snowball has been kicked down the hill. It, it, the revolution itself is actually happening. Yeah, but uh, as but as it right. is for this bill, this is this is a really dumb bill, in, in my opinion. Because because recreational weed was passed was I feel like in a lot of ways recreational weed was kicked was essentially relegated to the notion of oh let's just put it up to the voters let's just see if they can get a constitute let's just see if they can get a voter initiative to do it well the voters freaking did it and I and I hate to tell these guys they tried but to kick I it know, they tried to kick I it down. know <laughs> I know people in law enforcement that signed that initiative and voted for it. So don't you don't you little busybodies get on me about this. Uh, so I'm not getting on you about it. Uh, you're on the, you're right. on the right side of things here. Okay. You but are correct. I'm you, just saying oh, it's I'm much the, more, I'm on the right side of history, am I? Yes, you are right now. It's just funner to buy <laughs> it from a shady guy in a van. That that's it makes me feel like high school again and I'm young and things are great. <laughs> um, Oh, and I'm paying God. way too it's, much for it. Was it. Summer of '69, right? Some... Got your you got your six dream at the five and dime. <laughs> yes, uh, played it till my fingers bled. All right, well, got it. all right. We, so on weed. Let's. Uh, uh, what do we got on? Yeah, uh, Texas. Uh, and then just to, just to wrap this up. So right, basically, what they're trying to do is they're they're push they're trying to push off. They're going to do two things. So I would honestly encourage anybody who who fought for who fought for legal weed in Montana. You got to be very careful of this one because they're now. Th- this is where th- this is where the politicians are like, "Well, screw you! I'm going to put this in as much bureaucratic tape as it is, just so that way you can't have it and that you can ke- keep getting busted for it." They're going to say, "Well, number one, we're either going to delay it or we're going to do like you said. We're going to we're going to make it so that way the people with the big big money who have the mo- who actually have the money to buy our influence and these licenses 
are the only ones who are going to get it. So uh, just a quick take on drug dealers. We we claim to be a capitalist country, but the guy behind M and H, he's doing capitalism, free market capitalism, oh like freely. God. He believes in capitalism more than this country does. He's in a real American patriot, <laughs> and he deserves our sympathy, and he deserves also our sales of. Half-filled bags of pencil shavings and well, oregano. Okay, oh, it's the free market. There's room for grifting, and you, you know, it's seller buyer beware. You bring your scale. Cap, free capitalist society to do your grift. Yeah, okay. the government's are, not going to protect you. Are you. Ana- you are yeah. not capitalist. You're an anarcho-capitalist. <laughs> I don't. Know. You are an you are an, an anarcho-capitalist. I also I support sir. Bitcoin too because of the same reason. It's <laughs> it's unfettered capitalism. Un un unmolested by the government uh we should save that for an entire episode circus well, holy moly man the conversation on bitcoin and bitcoin mining is complex there's debate in the field there's different the, the bitcoin there's king crypto which is bitcoin which is the old outdated one and there's new coins which seek to remedy that inefficiency issue and the power required to to mine bitcoin with a new different mm-hmm. coin, but people cannot give up their Bitcoin. It's also yeah. the highest value coin the, right now, are, about fifty thousand. Hey, hey, are are you are you one of those paper hands pansies, good sir? No, I got. Or diamond, you got them diamond hands? Diamond, you got them diamond hands. hands. You just you just like the stock. You just like the coin. I like right? the coin. Not only do I like the coin. You know, it would be interesting if we did a whole podcast on the notion that of what of like what I think is coming with crypto. Just from what I've seen in India and just from signals here in the government, there's there's going to be a whole monetary system flip, in my opinion, in the next 10 years. Well, they're I honest, trying I, I to. I honestly believe we're going to be ditching the U.S. dollar for whatever the U.S. cryptocurrency Crypto dollar is. I really think that's coming. Well, you're absolutely right. And it is. And with that dollar comes, of course, more control than they even have over the paper dollar. So yep, and, and it's, and it's gonna and it's going to have the nice effect of getting rid of all of this inflation when they flip the currencies. It's coming. It, it, it's the, it's the, it's I'm the on the page with you, but that's probably, uh, I mean, that could be hours of content all by itself. So let's uh, we'll move should. to Texas real quick um, because, te- or oh, Texas. It's Texas. Well, I mean, I they like, did I make like, asses like of themselves. They can't handle some cold. They're, yeah. You know what? It's actually been very hard to, to find. Because there's like it, it seems like both sides have massive arguments about this, and it, it and in many ways both sides are right on this one. So like I don't um, know about that, but have you yeah. driven? All right, we're, real quick, the subject Rosendale yeah. um, was quick to one point out that Texas was having issues, and he was blaming some unrelated. They weren't even. Blackouts. Oh, you're talking about us here. Not yeah, Texas we're talking about us. But he uh, okay. was tweeting and talking, interviewing about Texas, and he was blaming it on renewables. He was toting that line on renewables when uh, obviously he knows very little about the subject. And then he did I the uh, he doubled down on it when he was he wasn't even questioned. I think he just tweeted about it. Um, two small towns had a blackout. It was related to a power line issue, and they were without ta- power with thirty minutes. And then he started talking about rolling blackouts in Montana, which. Did not happen. Only no, blackouts no. we had were infrastructure damage, uh, which apparently we're able to fix and, and Texas isn't. But drive by Judith Gap on a cold day. The turbines are still spinning. I don't know why Texas couldn't get this right. In fact, I'm not even sure they weren't spinning or what their issue was over there. But wind it's turbines work in the cold. Now, I'm no turbinologist, so I don't know what winterization is needed. But it sounds like Texas dropped the ball on this, not necessarily designed of wind turbines dropped the ball. 
it was a combination of a failure in the renewable energy. If, what, what, now, keep in mind that I'm talking about specifically about Texas, from what I've read, that the that the shortfall in turn like between because I think that the last time that it happened in Texas was like 2010 or 2012, if I remember right. And back then, the share of renewable energies, read wind, was far less than it is in current state. I mean, it's grown by like 50, 60 percent. This was another one of those little Republican things that got passed down there. I want to say it wasn't Greg Abbott. Who was the dude before there? I can't remember. Um, but some idiot Republican governor signed this thing where basically they had to start converting the grid over to over to renewables. So it was a combination, portionally speaking, when that previous outage happened, the drop in the drop in power output from from renewables was proportional to what happened in in happened in 2021. But because renewables were so much more of the total electrical grid, that's why there was more there was not enough power to cover things out there. Now, there were other issues like like uh, like Texas asked for permission from the Department of Energy to turn on some old non green non green plants to help make up some of the shortfall, but they were denied that permission to do so. Well, there was so, a uh, a few factors there, and also the factor yeah. of they didn't winterize their um, cooling ponds for their nuclear facilities, and uh, I think two of them. It was a failed. It was a failed sensor on for the nuclear one. It was a failed external one. Failed external sensor was the cause of that one. There, uh, nuclear. I, 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 there, uh, I'll actually, if you want, I'll send you a, like a two and a half hour podcast with with where there was an interview done with an energy specialist who actually broke down entirely everything that happened in Texas. Everything that happened. I would. It was be actually interested really in listening to that. But as for Montana, no. Uh, anybody, I think any politician here who who wanted to blame it on renewables is an is an absolute idiot. Well, that's um, Matt Rosendale, Maryland Matt. Yeah, I might add Maryland, right from Maryland. It, Montana, Montana, Montana is what Texas in a way could be forgiven for not winterizing their their renewable sector because it's freaking Texas. He always complaining about Texas. Texas should have prepared, but I don't think maybe Texas's implementation of renewables wasn't up to par. I mean, we didn't right. have those issues here, but maybe we're different because I think we sell yeah. all of our renewable energy to Canada, as I recall. Yeah, it, it's it's going out. It's definitely not staying in Montana. Like Texas, you're right. It, it, the big problem that they have is that as they became more and more dependent upon renewable, they did not they did not prepare that renewable energy sector for potential disruption of like extreme weather events and stuff like that. And so we still don't it, have the it, it storage cas- we need. For- it, it was a cascade of problems. Right. For sure. And we still don't have the storage facilities or it, the technology no. doesn't exist to, to store. Nope. So some of this makes some sense. Yeah, renew- but to blame yeah, renew- it on re- renewable Montana's energy is basically use it or lose it. it exact well, all energy we're all electric energy sort of is. But you can yeah. turn off a uh like you can even turn off a nuclear power plant. So, but to blame it are very small issues. Like I said, it was the issues we had here in Montana during the cold snap were simply facilities that were failing, power lines that were getting yeah. knocked over, et cetera. On renewables yeah. is uh, completely completely wrong. And our uh, representative yeah. Rosendale is an ass. When they're putting up renewables here in Montana, the, it is it they they go up with the knowledge that that the turbine itself is going to be is going to be oper is going to be straight up operating in air temperatures of like um essentially anywhere from like 20 to 30 degrees different 
from what the ground level temperature is. So like if it's above freezing on on the ground, I mean, imagine how cold it is up there at the blade with wind pull, with wind blowing on that thing. Well, it's no, fiberglass, our, our tri- so what does it care how cold it is, right? Like, well, once okay. again, I'm no You're turbine right. doesn't care, but 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 the but the turbine itself is designed with that level of cold and that constant cold pressure in mind. Like you know, things are insulated, a super cold, you know, something striking that striking that turbine blade when the surface temperature of that blade is like minus thirty. You know that something striking it doesn't cause the blade to shatter or something like that. Like again, I'm not an expert in this. I'm just trying to create essentially an impression of. The idea that in Montana, our renewable sector is built with the fact that it gets it, that it gets cold as hell around here, or it gets colder than hell around here. Apparently, wouldn't hell be warm? I don't know. Well, <laughs> Texas froze over, so I mean, who knows? Uh, hell did freeze over. Hell did freeze over. So I mean, that's that's the big thing. So to say that our our renewables failed here, I would love to. I just want to reply back they, to him. Say citation needed. Well, they because because <laughs> Texas, I mean, both sides in Texas came back with citations, at least that we could look at and evaluate. But like, I have not seen anything from from Montana politicians that actually shows where our it shows specifically where our renewables failed, like in the claims that 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 they're talking about here. So exactly. So let's uh, last thing on the list. We got this smug young guy here. Um, he's from uh, not me. No, not you, said you young, so I know you're not talking about me, but smug, I was immediately confused. Uh, well, yes, it probably is you. Uh, it, or it could be you if you were hand-picked MAGA politician um, Columbia Falls. That's, uh, this guy is, uh, but he uh, was proposing some Antifa legislation. He wanted them designated a terrorist organization in Montana. I don't think Montana does that, that kind of stuff. Uh, I don't think we have designated terrorists. Uh, we don't. You oh got him God, you're making me go to the. You're making me go to the Daily Beast. No we, wonder why you didn't tell me this. We hit the big time. The Daily Beast uh, is making fun of us. God, Daily Beast. Aren't they usually sort of right leaning? The Daily Beast, or what do they usually do? No, you think of the Daily Caller. Well, what it's Ben Shapiro's thing. You telling me you don't? You rag on him all the freaking time. I do. I do. Freaking. Did you forget that his that his wife is a doctor too? Oh, do I need doctor, to remind you of that? Uh, dry hard. That's the way he likes it. <laughs> I don't know. Here's the problem that I have, because the idea is, is if they can, de- if one side can designate this one group as a ter- as a quote unquote terrorist group, and all of a sudden we can, and because they they have this designation now, all of a sudden the government gets all these new little powers to apply to them. Yes, that might be quote unquote for the greater good at that time, but you know, power given like that is never taken back. So, right. and eventually the reins of power switch hands, and now we're seeing. Now we're seeing the swing back on this. Well, just and real quick I, on Antifa. I don't like the idea. Um, I, I don't like I I don't like the idea of designating these these people as as this terrorist organization or that terrorist organization. I would just rather have law enforcement go after them if they are committing crime. Real quick in Antifa, hardly a group. Um, maybe I don't know. Maybe they're anarchists. That's closer. But I I have met several people who self identify as Antifa. But you can't because they're not really a group it's like saying you're an anarchist government as far as i understand but also they are not the other side really they're i mean yeah they're you anarchists. have yeah <laughs> that's different yeah yeah stations out in portland like rose city antifa who are more who are of a more structured organization well, certainly some of and them structure have, but there's no overlay yeah, that's where somebody not, was able to buy right. the domain it, it's not a nationwide organization with membership roles 
and rules and everything like that. Uh, you're right. That's the big issue with the idea of designating Antifa. It, like, like, what's the point of even doing it here in Montana? This this just seems like another one of those things that says, "Oh, I'm doing something about the problem." But what is it, what is this going to do? How how is this going to not? How's this going to change anything? It is not going to change a thing. So I got designating them as a group. You're right. But let's uh, rag on this Braxton Mitchell. He's from Columbia Falls, north of Canada. I think his district includes like 30 people. And it sounds okay. like every I researched him briefly, and everything I seen about him um, says that he was sort of handpicked by the. He's the MAGA candidate. He was handpicked. I've seen allegations. I haven't seen any verifiable sources, but I have. Yeah. Yeah. Citation needed, please. Citation needed. So don't take this as gospel yet, but there are some suggested that he has a close ties to Rosendale and they've been pictured together and work closely together. And he was, uh, employed by Rosendale as some suggest, but I haven't seen any definitive proof of that in something that's reputable yet. We'll get to that. So this 20 year old, um, as far as I can tell, he's never had a job outside of his family business. He, uh, represents North of Columbia falls. He ran against a lady called Debo powers. But he was unopposed in the Debo Powers. That's a Democrat in Columbia Falls. She's a. I love that name. <laughs> so do I. It's. Uh, it just sounds cool. I'm not sure. Uh, she, she could be an action star. I mean, anything with powers in the could, name. Apparently, her vote level wasn't over nine thousand though to uh, overcome this guy. No, no, it was not. And we literally are talking about the thousands. There's not that many people up there. So. <laughs> yeah, that's true. To be fair, this guy didn't get over nine thousand either. He basically made an ass of himself presenting this bill because he had a number of co-sponsors. Because I understand why some Republicans might want him get on board with that. But then he did stuff like say there was bipartisan support, and they started asking him, and they actually took him to task. And all of his co-sponsors dropped off the bill as a way to censure him because he. Uh, According to them, he acted poorly, not just in his bill content, but just acted poorly in his uh, demeanor in in the legislature. So he, uh, I guess, no longer has the support of his people, but it seems like we want to keep close tabs on this guy. He's the MAGA guy. He's the MAGA candidate. 20 years old, no experience in anything other than running Citation the... Citation needed. Well, that he's 20 years old? No, that he's the MAGA guy. Sorry. I, I want to... Anytime there's a reference to him in like a description or something like that, I want there to be an asterisk and just the word citation. Needed. Citation need. Well, everything I all the research I have done on him says he's the MAGA guy who was panpicked by MAGA. Like they haven't gone as far. I, I wanted to put some light on this because we give AOC a lot of uh, crap for being not really handpicked. I mean, how she got into politics, you know the story where they were looking for energetic young candidates, Democrats were. So they basically had a casting call. AOC showed up. Apparently she fit the bill. They're like, hey, we're going to put you up for election. Congratulations. So that's how we got AOC we got today. But I I don't know if there was a casting call, but it seems like there was a similar process of this guy being handpicked to specifically be the ultra right-wing Trump supporting candidate. And he is a Trump supporting candidate. He's very clear about that. He still says he his last attempt was to put them legislation through saying that the election was stolen or something. His colleagues said, well, the same election that elected you? That's weird. That's it was stolen from us. We covered this in the last episode or previous episode or something. But but this guy, um, definitely a Trump supporting candidate, and definitely I think handpicked because he has no business in politics with his age and lack of experience in the subject. I, I would argue that against him being the quote unquote handpicked MAGA candidate, there are that's just totally wrong. He it sounds to me like he's more like the handpicked Rosendale candidate is probably the more more accurate way to put that. All right. I'll we're I mean getting to into be, semantics he seems, here. He but. seems to be as much as 
he, he seems to be just as much as mega as Antifa is a national criminal organization. All right, you're, you're right. But he, he does support mega. He's all about that. We're just elevating this guy up. For, he's such a young, you know, no, smug little yeah. face. Okay, I, I, I like the idea that, okay, I don't have an objection with young people getting into politics because that's been part of our problem is, is that we've got a bunch of old fuddy-duddies in there right now who don't, who just literally just don't give a flying you-know-what. And the idea that we could get younger people involved in the process, I think, also makes also has the potential to appeal to younger people uh, and get them to actually pay attention to what they're to get them to pay attention what their political people what their political leaders are, quote unquote, doing. So you're right. But I'll make the point that that's how we got AOC. I mean, and. Hold on, just real quick on AOC. Not Montana, mm. but uh, oh, you, you did that tone with me. Because okay, I, I'll give AOC credit. She did. She did something that she got into office in a way that the Democrat National Party never saw coming. Well, and now they they're hosted stuck with this. Her. They deserve her, right? But she wasn't so. supposed to primary the number. I think the dude at the time. I can't remember his name, but if I remember, he was like the number three or four ranking House member in the U in the U in the U.S. House. She primaried his ass, got rid of and got rid of him that way because because all that the Democrats needed to do was literally just put a D on a ham sandwich and they and it would have been and would have won. All she had to do was just get in, which is get in as the as the as the Democrat candidate, which is why they had a well, it was like an interview process. And if you look at some of her, I I know the right is quick to dismiss her. Oh, she was just a waitress or whatever. But you see that she's graduating. Oh, God, no, I do not dismiss her at all in. No, absolutely. Very smart woman. That's why they chose her And in a lot of ways, the right the right had better wake the F up to what AOC is doing because they are because they are about to lose. The left complained about how the right was dominating AM radio. Well, guess the F what? They are about ready to lose the digital Twitch space. They're about to lose the digital YouTube space. And there is no coming back from that. Mm -hmm. There's not going to be another new medium that has that kind of, that kind of ha- that has that reach and impact that like digital that Twitch and YouTube and have such here but well, this, please go on this could be an episode all on itself I'll complain about Kumo oh, I agree. Real quick. I agree but I've been saying I went on uh, uh, Kumo and I've been saying that people when I said this about nursing homes when I said this about denying federal help from Trump's navy boat or whatever that he was playing partisan politics with people's lives essentially when I pointed those out they're like you're just a crazy right winger which is you know me. That is, no one's ever called me a right winger before. Dude, you're the anarcho-capitalist who sw- who who literally buys his weed from the dude behind the M and H, and then when he I realizes do. that it's just oregano and pencil shavings, he's like, "Fuck yeah, freedom!" But please, yes, go <laughs> I, on. I am by everywhere freedom. There's risks when <laughs> freedom does not equal security. So that's usually the trade-off. Actually, this is how yeah. we are two hours into this. Ah, damn it. Um, Cuomo real quick. But then he goes on an interview and says, well, if I say quotation marks experts, I say that because I don't trust the experts. And you can imagine if this podcast said that on our YouTube channel, we would be removed. That video Uh is not the entire channel. Heartbeat, gone. They have AI out there looking for videos like that, specifically to get rid of them. Point made on that. uh, All the time I want to spend on him because he's Montana. Um, AOC, but this guy, it's... Felt like they're trying to do the same thing, but for some reason they chose this really young guy with no experience. If you look at his bio, you say citation needed, but it says his um, he worked on his family. Um, what is it, the detailing business or something? 
Okay, it, it, cool. That says on All his right, Facebook I, I page. I can appreciate that. That's his own... I, I can appreciate I might be I, I getting appreci- the I, I can appreciate that a kid that that a that that a child grew up in the par- in with the family business learned and learned at least a at least a little bit of a skill through a family business. I can I can appreciate that. Did he learn a skill? He's twenty years old. He didn't finish college. He went to college and then went back to his family business because that didn't pan out. Um, ah. It would be different if say. He ran the family business and was doing well with it and they decided to do something else. Okay. But they're just handpicking okay. someone that they know will jump through their hoops and do what they want, it feels like in this case. And I don't know if they if that was their intent Welcome in picking politics. AOC, but they definitely didn't get that with her. So Maybe uh, they maybe they thought that's what they were gonna get, but maybe with this gentleman right here, he does look like he's kinda young enough to be that be that person that's like, Okay, I'm right now just Letting doing what people are telling me to do right now until I can learn the ro- until I learn the ropes, just kind of take off on my own. But uh, in politics, and, and this is we could even do like a special podcast on me just like ripping what Trump did wrong. And the, those uh, sweet YouTube views will roll right in. They would, they would, man. I, it feels like to me like this guy is kind of trying to make a stake. He's trying to stand out in some way. Maybe he thinks that he could get. Like, uh, you know, he could get a little level of prestige if he actually makes this happen because it would at least be potentially popular with uh, with his constituency. Potentially. And maybe, maybe he's he, hoping to be in Rosendale's cabinet. Who knows? Maybe he maybe eventually get into Rosendale's cabinet. Governor but not Rosendale. This. It, even, even if this were to pass, I, I it's just, not. It, th- it, this is going to literally it. do nothing. I, I Like I said, this just feels a lot more like do nothing. Well, you there's know, quite a few bills like, that are doing that. Nothing. To be fair, if if all they do is nothing, then part of me says that like that's still technically a win because then they didn't at least do some dumb sh- dumb stuff, right? Well, it's always they something did. like with the uh, Antifa as a domestic terrorist organization. If if that is specified, then of course that opens up other framework to say fund a department to look at that sort of thing. Yeah, and then and then all of a sudden when it flips around, Dems get the majority, then all of a sudden they're going to start then I wonder who they're going to start designating as a terrorist organization. Like I said, th- that's the problem with all of this is that all, now all of a sudden we're going after just because you're affiliated with this group, with a group that we pick, you are now you, you are now a criminal and we can start taking rights away from you. Well, you know, that, that's that, that that's to the me, Juggalos are a terrorist organization, a gang, if you will. Maybe I, are you I not mean, familiar like, with the Juggalos? Apparently not, because I know how magnets work. All right. No, Just, the Juggalos, the, the fans of the band, the two rappers, ICP. Yeah, I, I mean, like the federal government considers them a dangerous gang. Oh my God, the people that paint their faces and do drugs in the forest at uh, the gathering, they call it. Oh man! Well then, well okay. So <laughs> they're upset they with them, but they won't go the after. But they won't go after Burning Man. Oh well, we'll talk a real den of evil over there. Yeah, uh, almost yeah, as bad I, as Coachella. If, if, That's... if the juggle, if the Juggalos are truly a gang, then I want Free then the Juggalos. Then Burning Man. Then the people. It, then the people who go to Burning Man must be absolute. Just be like straight up cultists. Well, absolute real, real yeah. evil. I've never the, seen a more disgusting. They're, cult, they're cultists and deserve to be wakeout, apparently. Okay. I mean, Jesus. Well, let's just. Uh, we are well over two. This always happens, Chris. Yeah. It, it's always a pleasure having you on. Well over yeah. two hours, but uh, we'll just leave it at Montana Voices Podcast, firm supporter and Juggalo Freedom. <laughs> Thanks for having me on, man. Thanks, Chris.